Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, everybody. We're live right here on SportsGrid. This is the early line on a Monday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside. Donnie, two hours to go. A lot to get to here on a Monday. How you feeling? Yeah, new week, new money, and certainly some new uh, show ideas here coming up. Major League Baseball is going to take center stage, home run derby, all-star game, and then maybe some other previews here. But we got a lot to get to here on a Monday morning, and I am ready to go. We start things off, though, here, the 7-7 seven and seven out in Las Vegas. Victor Webinyama, the star of the show. Two games for Vic. The first one, not what people were anticipating. A lot of struggles, 2-13 from the field, nine points in the game. But last night was more so what we thought the number one overall pick would deliver. 27 points, a double-double for the San Antonio Spurs. All in all, Webinyama remains the rookie of the year favorite. Yeah, I love the hot takes after game number one that he played. Oh, maybe the worst number one pick we've ever seen. Boss, people told me that this guy was LeBron James. We'll go over this much, much more, but settle down, people. Rookie debut in Vegas. A lot of spotlights there. Turns it around in game number two. Ah, oh, look, all is well. Down for the San Antonio Spurs again. Some of my favorite hot takes were from those who felt like the hot take was to say he was not a bust. Seems like everybody had lost mm. their mind, quite frankly, after watching Victor Webinyama for just one game. Uh, then again, maybe that's what happens when it's the first time you've ever seen Victor Webinyama play a game. The NBA announced their in-season tournament on Saturday. Groups are set. And folks, I got to tell you, this is a tremendous idea. And eventually oh everybody God. will agree. They are off and running here. The association has done it again. I got to tell you, I don't know if you have to be like, a, you know, major in calculus to understand how this tournament is actually going to work. So we're going to have Kevin explain it to us a little bit later in the show. I saw the thread of where the NBA was going. And after about three words, I was out already. Yeah, I mean, listen, that sounds about sounds about right. You know what I mean? A little bit extra and you're going to dip out. I, I don't mm. I don't doubt it, but uh, it's pretty simple. It's no, very it's comparable to the World Cup. Uh, but again, folks, we'll get into the mm. NBA's in-season tournament a little bit mm. in mm. hour number two. Yesterday, the MLB draft, LSU, the national champions, provide us not just the first pick, but the second pick as well, which for me, for a moment, I was like, oh, is this how it goes every single year? And then I was like, Actually, I have no idea what usually happens, Donnie, as it pertains to the MLB draft and if winning national championships really does improve your draft stock. 
And how about this, Kevin? In college baseball, two of the best players played on the same team. They won a championship. That's for the Major League Baseball. Two of the best players on the same team. They can't even make the playoffs, Kevin. Goodness. Wow, DRS spoiling our next headline. But let's get straight to it here. The Los Angeles Angels losers of five in a row swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers jump back into first place in the National League West, and that's certainly a story in its own right here that they're able to hold that down as we head into the All-Star break. But the Angels slipping and sliding and leaving open a lot of opportunity and really a lot of questions. Yeah, the Angels are going to make it really easy for us to decide what they're supposed to do here from a non-GM perspective. Five straight into the break. It's not going to get any better, Los Angeles. Cut ties now. Rebuild that organization. And I actually think it'll be uh, time to entertain a conversation that we usually don't ever get to entertain. It's not just trading Otani. Seeing it for Mike Trout. Seeing it for Mike Trout. We'll talk about it, though. We'll talk about it in hour number two. Our radio audience is here on a Monday morning. Sirius XM Channel 159, the early line with you here. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. Also in Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees have fallen to fourth place in the American League East. And as a result, they have fired their hitting coach as they hit the All-Star break. Yeah, I'm sure that'll do it. I mean, I'm looking coming out of the All-Star break red hot. I mean, nine, ten runs out of the Yankees because apparently the guy that just sat there goes, good swing, Riz, is the problem on that team. No, the problem is their defunct of talent right now in that lineup. But as we know, Kevin, the first guy that always goes is the hitting coach for some reason. It is, but... I think this is a really, really concerning sign for the New York Yankees, and uh, we'll again get into that in just a little bit here. Over the Gold Cup, the quarterfinal late last night, a tremendous one between USA and Canada. 1-1 in regulation, 2-2 through extra time, and in penalties, Matt Turner, the captain, steps up and gets it done. Save after save as USA advance to the semifinal. Yeah, sometimes you're lucky with just getting one save there in the penalty kicks. You get multiple saves, you're putting your team in the best possible position to win, and Team USA did that last night. Lastly, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on in West Virginia. Bob Huggins has said that he never resigned, and he demands to be reinstated as the West Virginia head coach. Bob Huggins was clearly done a favor by people close to him, and they said, yes, he resigns. Let's not do this disgracefully. And, uh, well, apparently Bob Huggins would rather do this disgracefully. He is not going to come back and coach West Virginia next season, people. Nah, he's playing, he's playing one of my favorite cards here. Let a couple new cycles go by, and everybody will forget what Bob Huggins even did. And there he goes with the two-game suspension against Northwest Tech and Southwest Tech. And Bob Huggins appears back on the sideline in West Virginia. Let's watch it happen. That has no chance to happen because the university let him go, and he's apparently now being like, that doesn't even make any sense. I'm going to just keep coaching. But apparently Donnie thinks Bob Huggins is coming back. Interesting take. We'll be right back here on the other line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live right here on the early line, we start things off in Las Vegas where the Summer League takeover for Victor Webanyama is in full effect. He has been the story of the week. All week long, it started with Britney Spears, then we got the debut mm -hmm. game, and then last night was tremendous. To put this all into perspective here, though, game number one was as concerning, I guess, as a game could be outside of injury. It didn't look great on the offensive side. Two of 13 from the field, one of six from three, just nine points. He was fantastic on the defensive side of the ball in the game with five blocks, including a block of a Brandon Miller three-point attempt. But his offense looked disjointed. He himself just looked a little all over the place and perhaps like the hype and the pomp and the circumstance of every single person in that building being there for him maybe got to him a little bit. Well, by the time Sunday night rolled around, Webanyama had settled in. 27 points, 12 rebounds, chipped in another three blocks. Another one of those was on a three-point shot. And a very efficient 9 of 14 from the field, as well as going 2 of 4 from 3. Webanyama had some Game 1 struggles. I think that confirms it's a really good thing Webanyama has actually gone out here and played in Summer League. I think that the Spurs should really consider playing him the rest of Summer League until their run here out in Vegas is ultimately over. But through two games here, if you value the first game over the second game, you probably wanted to. You were probably hoping that you would be able to leave the opening weekend of Vegas action slandering Victor Webanyama. He is still by far and away the best prospect in this class and the rightful rookie of the year favorite. And by the way, from my point of view, Kevin, you saw him Friday night, he scores the nine points. I love that from a content perspective. I was actually hoping, Kevin, when I was going over some research yesterday morning, like, oh, I wonder what the next game he's playing. I hope it's actually Monday night and not Sunday night because I wanted that hot take to still be available on Monday morning where it would have been, is this guy a bust or not? Look, you can't be a bust after one game. You can't be a bust where you have so much film on the guy and he's an overwhelming number one pick to show up at a summer league, not shoot that one, but you know what? It's got to translate all that well to the NBA when technically he's not even really playing against NBA players. But I guess it was that sigh of relief 
I guess, a bit for Victor Wembanyama, maybe his crew there going like, look, I know I can play good. Let me just put some good film out there. And he was sensational. You want to talk about a guy, Kevin, that's heading into the NBA, points, rebounds, and assists, that market you want to start betting here. He's been absolutely sensational and probably will be. And he did one of his Wemby dunks there, which is so synonymous with him. When he showed one highlight, shoot a three-point shot, there's the rebound, he dunks it. I don't even know how he dunked this basketball. I'm not so sure, Kevin, if he even left the floor. The range on Wembanyama is so impressive here. But from a hot take perspective, come on, Wemby. Couldn't you guys at least have that game on Monday night and not last night here so we could have actually got into an honest conversation if he was a bust, even if that conversation wasn't so honest? The kid's impressive. We know he's going to be good. But for his psyche, it was just nice to get that out of the way there from that Friday night game. Like, oh, no, he can't play at all, Kevin. Well, that was the thing that made me excited about the first game, not the desire to give horrendous takes, but the fact that we were going to get a second game out of Victor Webinyama. And we it's did true. get a second game out of Vic. Because not that long ago, the initial reporting was that he wasn't going to play any summer league at all. And I think it's pretty obvious that the right decision here by the San Antonio Spurs is to put Victor Wembanyama out there on the court and just get himself adjusted. Victor Wembanyama, to me, is one of the biggest stars in the NBA already. I think that's pretty clear to see. He leads shows. The buildings are entirely packed out because of him. He's not going to exist in some obscurity just because he plays in San Antonio. He is going to be a talking point for, uh, for his entire rookie season, and we'll see how that bar changes based on what that rookie season provides. It also, by the way, a quick note here, because if you do want some slander, Donnie, this might be a little bit more up your alley. The Greg Popovich five-year extension is kind of wild. He's coming off of a season where they were the worst team in the NBA, essentially. Point differential-wise, they were a little bit better record-wise than the Detroit Pistons here. Pop got an extension based on the fact that Webb and Yama ended up getting picked, and he used to be incredible at what he did when Tim Duncan was around. That was a little more baffling to me than any of the Vic opening struggles that we saw in Las Vegas. Yeah, it is kind of interesting, too, Kevin, because you're right. Let's just say the ping pong balls were terrible for the Spurs. They ended up, I don't know, the top five pick, but maybe four or five. Is he looking to move into the front office here? He can't coach anymore, but all of a sudden, now he's rejuvenated because he's got one of the best stars on the planet over the past decade or so in the NBA, or at least to come into the NBA that we would feel. It is an interesting move, but I guess the stability here makes some sense. But, I mean, we can slander Pop, too. Like, Pop's a great coach. We know that. But is Pop only a great coach when he has the best players of all time on his team? That's always the juxtaposition that we run into but that's pretty much for every single sport they need a coach who doesn't have great players who isn't a great coach right typically it goes hand in hand and maybe for pop he can mentor this guy and also we've talked about in the past kevin when you have guys that were from overseas to have success with the san antonio spurs are certainly a destination for that so maybe pop sees something in this young guy here he goes you know what i can coach for another five years and the spurs were down with it when you take a look at the rookie of the year odds webb and yama has been fluctuating a little bit nowhere near what was his strongest pricing on the FanDuel sports book of over minus 200 settling in right now at around minus 130 Scoot Henderson is the second option at plus 380 the big mover it feels at least here at the top is Chet Holmgren who is down to plus 400 flirting with becoming the second option on the board here and the the Chet stuff is, is really I don't feel like anything to even do with what's happening on the court it just almost feels like people are remembering that Chet 
Holmgren is an option to win this award, who at one point was favored to win this award last year. All in all, an injury took him out, cost him that entire season, and it's why he's in the mix right now. Brandon Miller has come back a bit 16-1, to and then Amen Thompson finishes off what feels like a reasonable tier. The next is Jarris Walker, who's 75-1. to When I look at the Rookie of the Year odds right now, the, the big take to me is still just the fact that Webinyama is holding serve as a minus price favorite. And a question of how much more that number can grow, I would have thought with what we've seen in recent summer leagues and even in, in this summer league here, that the 27 and 10 from last night would have upped his number a bit to a minus 150, minus 160 type of range. Now, here's the interesting part, Kevin, because you take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook and see exactly where he sits. He's still the favorite here, but markedly down from when we were saying, Kevin, like what? Minus 260 versus the field for Victor Webanyama. But I'm not so sure, Kevin. It really just comes down to how good a player Webanyama is. Let's remember, Webanyama is not 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", as a guard. But like, hey, man, he can play 35, 36 minutes a night, no problem, and rehab and be fine. You know, hot tubs, cool tubs, all that stuff. Webanyama is close to seven foot five, Kevin. So when I look at this and go, he might be the best overall rookie and by a wide margin, but there are limits now that you must surpass here in the NBA to win some of these awards. And Greg Popovich is the originator of giving players time off midseason here. Let's just say the Spurs aren't having a great season, but Webanyama is a superstar. We plan him 75, 80 games in this year? No, we're not. Because when you have those tall, lanky frames, it's a lot easier to get injured with. So now as I look at this odds and say, well, minus one-third, you might be getting a bargain. What happens if you only play 60 games, he's the best player, can't be rookie of the year? That's where I would go off now. So when I'm taking a look at Scoot Henderson as a viable threat to winning rookie of the year, absolutely. Because I don't know if Webanyama is going to have enough games here. And that's not might not even be his fault as if he's even injured, Kevin. When you take a look, though, at the rest of this crop here in terms of summer league takeaways unfortunately it's that we haven't seen a lot scoot injured in his first game head-to-head -head matchup against amen thompson amen thompson injured in that game we've only had one okc game so far and brandon miller is listen brandon miller's been bad there's no other way to put it He's doing a couple of things. You know, there's some, there's some rebounding, there's some passing. I gotcha. The shooting numbers are horrific from Brandon Miller, and this goes back to the California Classic. All in all, at some point, a player that is supposed to be of Brandon Miller's level, whose number one skill set is supposed to be his ability to score the basketball, has to flirt with 50% shooting from the field. At some point, that has to happen for the Charlotte Hornets, number two overall pick. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on the early line. What a wrap-up. A lot of the weekend doings here. We will start with Major League Baseball, though we will not go long on baseball here, as we've got plenty of opportunities to talk about some of the top uh, stuff that we've seen throughout this weekend heading into the All-Star break and, of course, a home run derby preview at the back end of hour number two. But the biggest series, I think most would agree, was one that pit the two top teams in baseball against one another in the Tampa Bay Rays and the Atlanta Braves finally for Tampa Bay they snapped their losing streak here in the finale with a big offensive explosion one run in the first game one run in the second game 10 runs here in game number three to stop again a seven game losing streak DRS what was your takeaway from the Tampa Atlanta series my takeaway wasn't so much between that just, okay, we might have a World Series preview and, you know, one team's going to win the series. Obviously, we know that. But looking at it, Kevin, really worried about the Tampa Bay Rays to this point because you're looking at their starting pitching staff here who's really hobbled by injury now. A couple of guys lost for the year, guys that are maybe coming back. McClanahan is even having back issues that are flaring up at this time. But having said that, you know what I t- my biggest takeaway is? You take a look at the Atlanta Braves, 60-29 and 29 through the first half of the season. They're an eight-and-a-half game lead over the Miami Marlins. But then you take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays, who had a lead, Kevin, that was probably insurmountable for a season the way they got off and started. We're now at the All-Star break. That lead down to two games. So even though you won that last game, you get a little bit of a deep breath and you can exhale as you head into the all-star break. But you look at those standings and say, even if we played poor baseball down the stretch, we should at least have a five-plus game lead over second place. The fact that it's down Mm -hmm. to two and things aren't looking up in the right direction either for myself, Kevin, for the Tampa Bay Rays. As I said, they're built on pitching and their pitching is already hobbled. Boy, that lead is closing fast here. And congratulations to the Orioles. 54 and 35 at the break. That's tremendous. Yeah, the, the Baltimore Orioles are, are still being pretty disrespected in any yeah, American League market that you take a look at there. This has been going on not just all this year, but they, they showed a lot last season once they called up Adley Rushman. It's pretty clear that this Baltimore team is quite legit. And, and for Tampa Bay, you know, using Atlanta to put this into perspective is perfect. The Rays got off to this start where it was like, well, they're obviously going to finish with baseball's best record. You know, what kind of, you know, his- history book type of stuff could they flirt with? The-, the Tampa Bay Rays are six back in the loss column of Atlanta for baseball's best record. That's not even close. They're not even close to Atlanta in terms of being the best team in baseball right now. And we've talked about it for the Rays where this uh, offensive explosion that carried them through April, once that dissipated, it's made them a lot more vulnerable. And that's what they needed to get back to here just to take a game off Atlanta. And all in all, they were able to do that to stop the bleeding a little bit here and head into uh, with some momentum. The other quick thing I'll mention here, just from a baseball headline perspective, the Mets, 
not being able to finish out with a series win against San Diego is a little bit of a tough blow. I, look, the Padres still have tons of talent, and we shouldn't treat that team like an easy team to blow over. But they took the first game of that series to lose two consecutive, Donnie, heading into the All-Star break there. It almost felt like a tough dose of reality hit the New York Mets as the All-Star break welcomed us. Yeah, I mean, it really takes the wind out of your sails, Kevin, because you're hoping for a little bit of momentum that you can have at least the good vibes when you come back. But now losers of two straight here heading into the break, you know, superstar pitchers not pitching all that well. And when you take a look at it, they're 42 and 48. But I think the more damning thing is this New York Mets team is 18 and a half games back of the Atlanta Braves. Like, oh, that was a terrible season. No, 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 Kevin. That's half of the season here. That tells you how poor of a team that they have constructed there in New York. And maybe that time off is going to do them some good but we talked about it even last week a couple times what's one of those teams that you think can recover in the second half has enough talent it was the new york mets to me are on the outside looking in i actually think there's a better chance that the padres can recover maybe even the st louis cardinals uh, how bad they are the mets to me they just seem like they're lifeless at this point kevin well i don't know about the cardinals but the cardinals they're just so far down. But I hear your point. I hear your point. Things certainly for the Mets not going well. Outside of baseball here, John Deere Classic, something that we were both talking about throughout the week. The winner never would have believed it after the first round. Sepp Straka, two over through the first round of golf, which you got to keep in mind for yeah. you know tournament perspective, right? He was 11 shots off the lead at the end of round one. He was eight shots off of Cameron Young, who was the favorite after the first round. And in Sepstraka provides 21 under is what he is able to shoot here in this tournament. Two shots uh, up on the field here. And in really an incredible performance from him, nine under in round four. One of those things where as someone that bet Cameron Young, it was pretty frustrating. Though his chances heading into the final day were certainly dwindled with a double bogey on 18. But wasn't even that mad, Don. I mean, Cameron Young would have, had him, have himself an outrageous day to finish up where Sepp Straka did. Yeah, Sepp Straka was ridiculous yesterday. And it's also, you're right, keep in mind, on the 18th hole, he double bogeyed sort of to put some other guys back into play, but certainly wasn't enough the way it ended up. But that's tremendous stuff. And also, just goes to show you sometimes in golf, like how many times do we take a look at a player that's so far down the leaderboard and say, ah, just take a flyer on some of these guys. That never works out. Well, this one, it absolutely worked out. A guy that had no business being in it, Kevin, because when we talk about an offensive golf course that you can get after, you figure after day one, you're down 10 shots. Like, oh, right. I can play well enough to maybe make the cut, but I'm probably going to be down 10 shots the entire weekend. And he stormed and had a three, four, five shot lead, I believe, on Sunday alone at that point. By the way, I did have a, a guy that was hovering around, Mark Hubbard, at a 60 to 1 price. I took him before the tournament, ended up with a top six, and he was in that top five late on Sunday here. But mm -hmm. Straka was so good, never had a chance to cash in that ticket. But do we have the, what were the numbers after round one for Straka? Do we have that? Was it like 500 to 1? What was it? It had to be something ridiculous. At that Crazy. point, Straka yeah. was probably favored to miss the cut, right? Yeah. Quite honestly. I mean, he had he had to shoot it eight under in round two. And obviously, with that score, he was he was secure. But even not even after round two, he probably wasn't in the mix. Honestly, no. even going into round four, he probably wasn't in the mix in yes. terms of the odds board yeah. there. So the it, throughout the way, it was crazy. A quick shout-out, though, to my boy and yours, Jonas Blix. 
securing that top 20 finish, though. Mm. Did just enough to hold on there with a T-17, uh, which was nice to see all in all at the John Deere Classic. Moving over to the Gold Cup here. The United States had a great game against Canada last night that ended in penalties, and they advanced. Right now, the futures market here shows the United States uh, and their status as the second option behind Mexico in the outright market, but clearly it is close. It's Mexico plus 105. It's the United States plus 145. Uh, the big question here would likely be, could either of those teams be upset in the Wednesday, Wednesday semifinal games where you have the USA going against Panama and then Mexico going up against Jamaica? Yeah, they're probably going to meet up there in the final and also maybe a little bit different this time around. The U.S. seemingly having Mexico's number, but also Mexico fired their manager after that previous performance against Team USA. We'll see if that has any changes that are made. And also, Kevin, you're looking at two teams here that are automatically qualified for the World Cup. Do you think that maybe they're playing to say, you know what, we can just play with more open abandon here. We can try more players out. We could put guys in situations they haven't been in before. Seemingly working out well here for Team USA without that added pressure of, oh my goodness, we have to win so many times here just to qualify for the World Cup in essence to have your team locked and set every single game must be nice to have a little bit of that freedom out there to put some different guys in there Last bit here, UFC 290. We talked about this card on Friday with Nolan King. Appreciate, again, him joining us here on the show. You look at the top two fights, the two title fights there. Pantoja just has Brandon Moreno's number, but we almost saw a disaster on the scorecards here. Uh, there was a lot of people that felt Pantoja won this fight 4-1 commentary felt that a 4-1 decision could have been coming Pantoja's way. The first scorecard that we heard from Buffer was 4-1 Moreno, which is absolutely out of control. The next two scorecards gave it 3-2 advantages for Pantoja, so he did win the fight and beat Moreno for the third time, but we almost saw an absolute robbery on our hands in the semifinal, and then in the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky just continues to show that he is the pound-for-pound -pound best fighter in the world, taking out Yair Rodriguez, one of the most difficult challengers at 145, and doing so in tremendous fashion in that third round. Yeah, always easy to get a knockout or a TKO win, so there's no doubt in the uh, voters' minds, or I should say the judges' mind. But also, Kevin, when you take a look at the Moreno decision, this is why we take a look and say there's not only one judge that we can leave accountability to, because it's up to hopefully you get three guys out there and two see it the, mo the way most people saw it here. But it is what it is. That's always going to be a problem in UFC and or boxing when they go to the decision cards. Uh, the other quick point here is just some of the upsets that we saw. Uh, Duplessis being able to knock out Whitaker uh, and setting up his matchup with Adesanya also did blow up a FanDuel Sportsbook boost. Dan Hooker uh, took a split decision over Jalen Turner in what was a really great fight until both guys got absolutely exhausted and proceeded to sleep on top of one another uh, to finish out that third round, which was disastrous for anybody that might have picked that fight to finish by knockout, not pointing any fingers. Uh, and then also Bo mm. Nickel. Listen, one of those yeah. things, though. The FanDuel Sportsbook tried to help the people out with a little round one submission, minus 160 to plus 100, uh, and instead he knocked out Val Woodburn uh, in 38 seconds. I don't want to be mean to Val Woodburn, but... Kevin.
just disconnected. Yeah, I'm, you know they, I mean? they are. I mean, listen, they, I'm not saying it looks that much different if they had to put me out there as opposed <laughs> yeah. to Val Woodburn, people. Yeah. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with you right here on a Monday morning. Time to zone in on the New York Yankees. And the Yankees made the decision to fire their head coach as they stumbled into the All-Star break, DRS. 49-42. and 42. The record looks solid, right? Yanks currently a game back of a wild card spot. It's not full-on disaster mode. Again, the absolute nightmares of playing in this AL East right now where you have the Rays with the best record in the American League and then Baltimore and Toronto both occupying uh, spots right now in the wild card. That has been unfortunate for the Yanks, but this is an offense that, you know, if you probably counted up the payroll, wildly underachieving, fewest runs in the AL East. Uh, They are outside of the top half of this league right now in terms of runs scored as we hit the All-Star break. I guess I'm not going to ask you, hey, do you think they should have fired the hitting coach, right? The the truth of it is even your truest, truest baseball fans could name how many hitting coaches outside of their team's favorite, their favorite team's hitting coach, right? But when you look at this Yankees lineup on a daily basis as you go through a baseball card, you're not surprised that the offense is struggling, right? No, not at all, Kevin. And you look at the team as it's constructed, it's a big payroll. Now, yes, there are injuries to that team, but, you know, guys come back in the injured lineup. Guys go out for a little bit of time. Now, obviously, we're talking about Aaron Judge here, the MVP that you were hoping was going to anchor that lineup who isn't there. But guys you can rely on, right? If you're taking a look at on a season, like qualified batters, let's take a look at four of the qualified batters here for the Yankees, Kevin, in the lineup. Anthony Rizzo. 257 on the season. You know what that means? Uh, uh, coming into the season, this was one of the guys you pointed to. That's, oh, my goodness. 
They shift on Rizzo. It's so incredible that he even gets base hits. Now they can't do it. He's going to be a 300 hitter. 257, terrible season. Glaber Torres, 251. DJ LeMahieu, one of those guys, the you know, lead him off, contact hitter, three hits every game, 220 on the season. Then we always get down to shortstop Anthony Volpe, 216 on the year. Now, granted, you're always going to get the hitting coach that's the guy that's going to be let go first. Then it's usually the pitching coach, then the manager, then the general manager, and on. It's almost like you're trying to re, you know, change those seats around on the Titanic as it goes down. But having said that, Kevin, how much can really can a hitting coach instructor make? Hey, Riz, let's get in front of the cat. Let's get in front of the TV and take a look here. Well, I've been in the major leagues over a decade here. I've had tons of success. I won world championships. You're telling me to stand an inch closer to the plate and that's going to make a big difference. It's all about it's on the players. They're just not performing. But as you said, Kevin, you look at the one through nine and sometimes you say to yourself, look at the Braves one through nine. My goodness, they crush everything. You look at the Yankees like, well, where are the really good players at in this lineup? Because it doesn't seem like they're there. It, it certainly doesn't. And, and you think about what's concerning for this team, right? You know, you highlight Rizzo. That's under expectations. The DJ LeMahieu thing is very concerning for the Yankees. DJ LeMahieu's first two seasons in pinstripes, batting 327 and then 364. Yeah. And the idea was he was one of baseball's very best hitters, right? Every single game... You could bank on a base knock, it felt like, from D.J. LeMahieu. 268, 261, and now this season is batting 220. Like, in every Yankees broadcast, like, oh, man, you can only imagine how frustrated D.J. is. <laughs> okay, I'm glad he's not happy that he's batting 220, but th that's not something that this team can survive. And that's the thing. When we go up and down on a daily basis, Donnie, in terms of, you know, who puts, you know, fear into your heart from this lineup, LeMayu is no longer the guy that he was supposed to be. Aaron Judge is not there. And then you've got Giancarlo Stanton. And Stanton is doing his usual, oh, I can only be there for half the time. Uh, and the batting average, I mean, it's, uh, it's appalling. He's batting 203, and the pop hasn't even been there to the degree that you usually need from a Giancarlo Stanton. And it's incredible that this is all happening, right? The Yankees find themselves still seven games above 500, but, and I'm not trying to reopen some MVP debates there because Otani is what Otani is. But, like, the, boy, does this team miss Aaron Judge. Like, that, it seems like just the biggest difference, no matter what, is, is if Aaron Judge is in that lineup, the Yankees are still great. Yeah, the, the Yankees will hit better because also it's not just Aaron Judge doing damage to the plate, which he was doing here. It's protecting the batters in front and after him to make sure they see fastballs and can get on base. And maybe the biggest loser of all would be Anthony Rizzo. Now, there still is time to recover because the one thing we have to remember, you look at the Yankees and there's no joy right now. Mudville, as they like to say, but they're still above 500. They're not the New York Mets. They do play in a tougher division. But when we're trying to extrapolate, Kevin, as how this season is going to go, we always use to sit back maybe on those Steinbrenner Yankees. Give me the best pitcher, the best hitter, and the best reliever on the market. I don't care what the price is. I'll pay it. Oh, look, there go the Yankees again on another world championship quest here. I just don't know if there's that quick fix answer here other than the guys that they have. And also, like, 
sometimes we just want to get some clear indications on what some of these injuries actually mean. Talking about with Aaron Judge. Hey, I'll be back in a week. I'm doing baseball activities. Now I just got shut down. By the way, this might take years to recover from. I don't even know what to expect. So if we're looking at Aaron Judge where he is going to be hobbled the rest of the way, can only be a DH, then it's going to actually mess with Giancarlo Stanton only being a DH. Then you have a deficiency fielding out there. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be a great second half for the Yankees regardless. And who can they get to sort of improve their team and sort of help that lineup? There are stars out there to be had, but these new Yankees, and I say new, the non-George Steinbrenner Yankees, I don't know if they make a monster splash at the deadline because I like the way you picked it up in the offseason. Hey, man, celebrate. We brought back Aaron Judge. Okay, well, did we get any better? Yeah, we got Aaron Judge. No, yet Aaron Judge last year, one of the best seasons we've ever seen. But we brought him back, so we're better. See what I mean? Come on. No, it's always it's always been an insane yeah. way of going about. The Yankees are like, all right, man. What what? Hey guys, what does everyone think we did wrong? Hey, listen, another pitch would be great, but boy, the lineup isn't good enough. They're like, all right, we got Carlos Rodon. And they're like, whoa, all right, that's man, you swung big. What'd you do with the lineup? And we paid Aaron Judge, and it's like, <laughs> well, that's okay. Well, hold, that's not any different. And by the way, yeah. he spent the whole offseason being like, I don't know if they really should bring Judge back. I don't know if they should bring Judge back. I mean, oh, my God, the guy wants an extra year. Be a Yankee. Like, should we really do? Mm-hmm. Like, they, Tony, with, with Aaron Judge, they are 30-19 and 19 this season. That is, they are winning 61% of their games, which would put them as the third best team in Major League Baseball. Without Aaron Judge, they're four games under 500 and 19 and 23. I mean, the, the, the gap in terms of when he's around is ridiculous. And so that's why, to me, this whole thing is nonsense, right? You fire the hitting coach. It's not his fault Aaron Judge ran into a wall and broke his toe. It's, and it's everybody else's fault that the rest, of, I, I guess. So maybe it is his fault, Donnie, though, that a lot of these other guys aren't able to hit their level, right? Glaber Torres yeah. is never going to realize his potential. Nope. Volpe, I don't even get me started on the Volpe thing, man. I mean, my goodness, he's batting 216, and people are telling me he's heating up at the dish. I mean, I just can't even stand it anymore. But it's just... It's not surprising is I think kind of the point that we're trying to drive home here. And here's why this is all a a relevant conversation. It's not meant to be some let's just complain about the Yankees being, you know, not that great. Donnie, right now, odds to win the American League, the Yankees had the fourth best price at 9-1. to They are currently outside of the playoff picture. We've basically now been able to lay out that without judge, they are just a bad baseball team. And the judge timeline, basically the only things you hear are whispers that he is not even close to coming back for the New York Yankees. Yeah, so it's almost one of those things, do you just take care of this now and you sacrifice the season? Do you let him hobble on and you say, okay, do what you can for us. And then if we miss the playoffs, you get surgery early in October. We don't know how that works out. But also, you take a look at the Yankees. I don't have high hope for the Yankees here in winning the AL pennant. But sometimes you have to take a look with the expanded playoff that we now have with three teams that get in the wild card. Right now, Kevin, the Blue Jays. The Orioles and the Astros are ahead of the New York Yankees. The Yankees are one game back of the Astros and the Jays. Now, having said that, I do think the prospects look better for the Jays and also the Astros than they do for the New York Yankees. But it's an old adage that we joke about like a couple years ago. St. Louis isn't making the playoffs. They stink. Well, who else is going to make it? 
Ooh, everybody stinks. Somebody's got to make it here. That's what the feeling is because if the Yankees have a one-game lead on the Red Sox, I'm in love with the Red Sox, quality ball club, but they can hang it with them. The Mariners, four games back here of a wild-card spot. Who are the Mariners at this point? Some decent young pitching, a lineup that reminds you a lot of the Milwaukee Brewers where they can't score all that much. So I say to myself, I don't like the Yankees, but there's not a lot of better prospects behind the Yankees, and the Yankees are only one game out of the wild card. Sometimes we just take, like, hey, got a positive update on Aaron Judge, added an extra bat to the lineup. Let's try to hold on. Rodon returns back to form. Garrett Cole looks like he's back in Cy Young form here, at least to be in that conversation. There are some positives for the Yankees. Maybe the biggest positive is the teams that are chasing them down from behind. The Yankees are better than those teams here, and they're only one game out of a playoff spot. It, they, they are only one game out. But I guess is this looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better because it's also not like the Yankees absolutely have this ability right now to lean on their rotation. Garrett Cole is incredible. He's the third, second option right now to win the AL Cy Young at plus 300 behind Framber Valdez, who's currently at plus 200. Rodon just made his debut. It was a debut. Nothing to write home about. Luis Severino, disaster. Nestor Cortez injured. Domingo Herman threw a perfect game, completely irrelevant. He's not that good. I, I, I think that's the thing for me. I'll take them, I'll bring the Mets into this, Donnie, and you maybe you'll disagree here. You you stack them up, fully healthy, talent for talent, rotation, roster, the whole deal. The Mets have a better baseball team than the New yes. York Yankees, right? Absolutely. The Mets do have a better a better team overall. They're not performing also. But by the way, when you take a look at Yankees, what they can do down the line, Kevin, let's just say Garrett Cole stays healthy and is Garrett Cole. Rodon comes back. He doesn't have to be like that, Kevin. Just be a two or three pitcher. You add a guy like Marcus Stroman who has some buzz around Major League Baseball. There's some hope for the Yankees there to make the playoffs. But again, if you're looking at a winning a pennant in the AL or World Series championship, yeah. I don't think there's oh. enough moves that the Yankees can actually make unless this new batting coach wants to go, hey, look at that. LeMay, you hit 350 hmm. over the second half of the season. Yeah. Anthony Volpe is the guy we always thought he's going to be. Aaron Judge, wow, his toe is perfect now all of a sudden, and he's on his way to 45 home runs. That's the only thing. We see. We're talking about storybook endings at this point, but I do think one legitimate pitcher can make a difference for the Yankees to get into the playoffs, but I don't know how much damage they can do once they get into the playoffs. And that's the perfect final note to end on here, is I've seen this plenty of times from the Yankees is they will get into the wild card. They will finish what is still probably one of the better records in the American League because obviously you're going to need that to get into the wild card, right? That's, you know, the AL East kind of throwing things off. And everybody's going to then spend the entire time talking about how awful Aaron Boone is, right? And then there's going to be these little, whole, ah, what do you think about? Should we get rid of Cashman? And they'll peter out. And there's just going to be this competing thing of, well, hold on. There's 14 young kids you've never heard of who might save this franchise. Oh, but hold on a minute. The fact that they made it is impressive. Oh, but their World Series are bust. And the whole thing is completely convoluted here. But the Yankees have been having playoff success for years now. They are supposed to be a World Series or bust type of team. And we're sat here at the All-Star break saying, do you think they'll make the playoffs? That's a failure. That is an absolute failure from the New York Yankees. We're taking a break here on the early line. We'll close out our opening hour next. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Major League Baseball draft happened last night. And we saw LSU go back-to-back here. One and two. Skeens and Cruz. Donnie, the... The fact that those guys did just win the national championship to you. Here, here's my question. Did you find yourself at all any more interested in this year's Major League Baseball draft? Did you feel that there was maybe more conversation around this year's Major League Baseball draft? No, not at all. Just like every single year, outside of maybe like a generational talent, where you hear like the Bryce Harper draft comes up or, you know, way back in the day and whoever. Look, it's just we don't see these guys for four to five years at this point. Now, maybe you're going to get a little bit quicker look because those two guys from LSU, they're ready made right now. So maybe a season in minor league baseball, you should probably see them right away. But again, the Major League Baseball draft, just not a lot of juice. They've tried a lot of things, though, Major League Baseball, Kevin. This used to be like prime time on a Thursday night. They've tried it on Friday nights, now Sunday nights, just trying to get a little bit more excitement. But it's really hard to say, hey, I can't wait to see where some of these guys go when you usually don't see them for a couple of years. Uh, look, that's always going to be the problem, right, is – it's not like, man, it's going to be great to watch Skeens out there with the Pirates next season. Yeah. The thing that still puzzles me from this draft, and there's always wild draft movement, it's true of every draft, mm-hmm. but I, I checked in on the odds some point yesterday, and Skeens was like just barely off of, I think it was Dylan Cruz, to go first overall. I think it was like plus 190 Cruz, plus 220 Skeens. But Skeens was minus 270 to go second. I don't understand what is going on here. Like, it just, it never made any sense, Donnie, the pricing of that market. Yeah, here's what it probably is, too. The signability of the top player in the market when you're dealing with the Pittsburgh Pirates, which well, brings you to my second part of this. Here's what's going to be great, Kevin, quickly. Skeens is going to play for Pittsburgh. He'll probably be the last prospect they bring up, even if he's their best prospect, just so they don't have to pay him sooner than later. It's unbelievable how baseball works. I rail on it all the time. The Mets took a guy last night at 56 that they drafted last season at 90. Yeah, all right. We'll be right back. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.